you know, <laughs> I say a lot about uh, my dad, because I love that man. God damn, because of him, I am. And both my mom, too, you know, but this man here, you know, he, uh, I, I, and, and it's only because I'm in defense of black men, especially black men during that time where they said they skied up, weren't around, and I mean, yeah, we, I mean, just everyday society, you find men not around, that's the ones who go to war, that's the ones who want to fight uh, in bars, that's the one who may uh, live hard, die young, um, and then the accidents or whatever, but men generally die sooner than women, so they don't usually have as many around, plus the birth rate uh, depends on different places. They've got a lot of women. But the thing was, they used that always as um, something negative in the black community, and especially when the government came in, you know, sort of to give us these subsistence, uh, assistance, food stamps, welfare, different things after, you know, waiting years and years and years when we finally did qualify for it, you know, the rest of America was getting it straight up. But the um, thing was, it was always that, you know, they just didn't have men around. And I mean, once I heard that, I was, you know, from underneath my parents' care, and I just never saw it. Uh, see it a lot now because they got more in jail <laughs> i mean and then 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 they still would put them in jail back then but now it's just like fucking crazy they're like running here take me take me but the thing is my dad he was uh an amazing man uh and him and my mom together actually raised you know halfway decent kids we crazy because of society my parents was kind of not crazy, but I mean, you know, to the extent extent of a mental state that anybody should expect from black folks living in this country, any of them. <laughs> and but you know, we don't get recognized for that. But anyway, despite all of that, you know, they did raise eleven children, and hell, yeah, we had fun. I mean, as kids, and they took us out and made sure we had fun. Uh, I know I. I'm not sure if I told about the fishing trip. Yeah, I, I did tell, cause you know, not only did he take us fishing, load us all up in his car, and this was during the week. It wasn't all the way on the weekend. Now, you know, I say a lot that he worked his ass off, and he did. Uh, mostly worked all week long, came home in the evening, slept. Uh, on the weekend he worked, and was usually home on Sunday, but a lot of times he t came home during the week. And he would take us as a family fishing or to the lake. Um, he made sure he took us out, you know. Uh, my mom always took us somewhere. We always went to the, once a, once a month, we went to one of our relatives' house, maybe once a week to different ones, because we had a bunch of them. We had uh, the Cobbs in St. Bernard, the uh, Caesars who, they lived in the back. That was my mom's sister. The Cobbs was my mom's sister. Root Cobb, um, Bill, Uncle Bill. Um, Uncle Charles wasn't around. He was, I guess, the one you would say was like me. He uh, did a lot of running. Not running, but <laughs> moving around. 
And he finally came back to New Orleans. I don't know how the man doing now. But, and then we would go, either go up uh, on corner I Galvis around the corner for the cozy at least once a month. I mean, weather permitting now. I don't think we, in New Orleans, you know what the weather is. You know, if you're out there and it start raining, you may find shelter. But if it's, you're not out there and it start raining, you better wait to see if it's gonna stop. <laughs> Or either, if it's cold, you know, I mean, I don't know nobody other than kids who went out in the cold. Parents like, not, we ain't going nowhere. Not in that damn cold. I don't want pneumonia. <laughs> but, you know, we, um, my dad would take us to the fucking lake and we had the lake to ourselves almost, you know. Um, he would get home early as soon as we get out of school. He would load us all up and boom, we had the lake. And we just are running and running. He would take us to different ponds um, outside the city. You know, we passed through St. Bernard. Uh, and we used to pass on a, a, on a, I don't, I think it was St. Bernard Highway. I don't think we went down uh, Judge Perez. For some reason, he never went down Judge Perez. But we passed on, always would go through the uh, parish on St. Bernard. Like we go into the ferry. Hit, uh, What's the name of this goddamn street? Paris Avenue. Hit Paris Avenue, and he would find a fishing spot back there with us. And you know, it'd be mama, got one of the children on the left, maybe two, one sitting in the middle, maybe two, and the rest of us piled up in the back. Um, and it, oh shit, you know, you was out of that fuck fuck. I mean, I don't know how long, you know, we did that. I'm sure every once he became a teenager, uh, up in the sense of 15 or so in high school, he wasn't like running with us. And then things started changing too. It was like we didn't, as a family, do as much anymore. Or, you know, if, if we did, I wasn't included. Because once, you know, I got like eighth, ninth grade, I was pretty much further away from home because I had pretty much free reign. <laughs> uh, like I said, my mom didn't worry about me in the sense that I was going to do anything wrong or had to keep an eye on me. So I had pretty much free reign and I would extend that, you know, over and over as time passed, I would extend that range. And pretty soon, you know, as uh, all I would do is come home and, you know, one, I mean, once they came home, say, I'm done, I need this. I mean, I'm going here. Okay, be careful, hurry back. I mean, or, or whatever. Um, and that was maybe a seventh of, grade you know and that's before I actually started working so I had a uh, little freedom I had a lot of freedom then uh, <laughs> my other brothers and sisters who had older than me and the ones some of them were below me and I uh, once uh, I was going to school back there at Carver I'm not sure if I ever walked home with them uh, I'm, I'm sure I did I'm sure I had to meet them at a certain spot and we go ahead and walk home and uh i'm sure once or twice i didn't walked off and left them and had a key and like one nothing said about it and i probably kept on doing that because pretty soon i was going home and i was actually almost home before anybody else uh closing up my books if i had anything or even just faking or sitting around there with you know one of my boys and them and if i had to start there now and started that while i'm talking to them it was a routine what i done so and I didn't mind that because it gave me a lot of freedom once, you know, I came home and didn't have to worry about it. I got a couple of things, boom. I wasn't uh, 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 
had no girl trouble because I still pretty fucking shy. So, uh, but I just, you know, I, 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 shit, I was on a discovery mission on the project and I used to roll through it, I mean, walk through it. And uh, I never feared the project, you know, I mean, <laughs> ignorance is blissful in a child, you know, because we don't know what we're really into and we'll walk across fucking fire before we really say, oh, that shit hot there, huh? It's hot. <laughs> and, you know, so, but it's, uh, especially if it's something you grow up into. Um, but God, it was always my daddy and my parents I thought of when I was out there. And I didn't want to, you know, because that was the one thing, don't you have nobody come here and tell me about you, because everybody back there in the project watched out for everybody. Uh, it hadn't got to the point of not everybody not knowing them people, but people not recognizing people. But my dad and my mom, you know, uh, I seen a lot. I saw love in them. <laughs> I, re I really did, you know. And uh, when they were young, and you know, my dad would lay down on that bed, and he loved his children. I mean, man. He did, I mean, he, I know how he treated us by seeing how he treated the ones under me, you know? And I mean, from an early age, I've seen that, you know, he would tell you he had his own language for us, ooh, blue, ooh, blue, 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 He would hold us and he would blow in your belly, blow in your chest, blow in your neck, blow in your back, blow everywhere, have you just laughing. I mean, and he did each and every one of us that down to each and every one of his grandchildren he ever met. Now, this man, um, you know, when kids, people, anyone go to someone, especially a relative's home, uh, your parent or so, you know, your kids come to your home, uh, their kids come with you, and their kids maybe eventually come with them, and uh, or visit, but the thing was, they always ran to my dad. Nobody came to that house without even saying, "Where daddy? Where papa?" Looking for him, you know. And you live east, you know. You could, <laughs> hey, mom, walk past son. Where dad? You know, go, you know, going to his spot in his back in the side room. Or uh, if he wasn't sitting on the porch, or wasn't down the street at uh, Harry's. But in, before, I mean, that was Harry's before the uh, storm, now it's apartments. But this man, I don't think people knew how tender this big six feet four, 220 pound muscular black as night man was. And I mean, he laughed, and when he laughed, he laughed so hearty. And you could tell he meant that laugh. Uh, uh, he didn't laugh if he didn't mean it, if he, you know. But he was, uh, he was my dad, and you know, he made, he made each and every one of us a better person when he was living. And the thing about that, you know, even when we was doing bad, he made you just wanna get better or do right. 
Uh, and me, I'm thinking about the cracks, you know, be, the crack, because when I told him, you know, that's once I was able to face what the fuck I was going through, I was, that's the first person I went to. I said, hey, man, look, I'm, I'm fucked up. And he didn't scold me or anything. He said, well, you know what you got to do. So, you know, he's, uh, he didn't, he would check on me and stuff. And then, you know, eventually I got off soon. But, you know, that was one person who would not. If you say, hey, look, I, don't need, I need you not to tell somebody. That was it. He ain't telling nobody. For his kids now. I'm in the street out. <laughs> one time sitting down there at Harris. Uh. They had some break-ins or something going on around there, robberies, shooting and all kind of shit, you know. And, you know, my dad just happened to see it one day, sitting out there at Harry's and stuff. And uh, my cousin, my cousin, my sister Yolanda at the time, my husband was a police, random. I don't know if the boy's still a police. And they had a shooting down there, and, you know, them... Old dude sitting up there against Harry, you know, talking. The other one sipping beer, you know. It's a, it's a little crew that old men that sit down there. A few of them, you know, anywhere from 45 to my daddy's age, 70. And no, you get no trouble. But you know, something happened around that boom. My daddy say he saw. Yeah, this, this, this. One of them went and told, <laughs> told the police. My daddy saw something. The police came out. <laughs> my dad. Went down the street to my daddy's house because you could see Harry's from his porch. And uh, my dad said, uh -uh, I ain't seen nothing. I said, Look, you know, if you saw something, you got to tell us. I didn't see nothing. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, they say you was down there talking about you saw something. Who said that? I don't know what you're talking about, man. And uh, it was my. Uh-oh, Yolanda husband Randy, I think, who came in and ended up laughing about it, you know, but he was one of those persons, you know, who uh, kept you laughing, not not really kept you laughing, because he wasn't a funny man, he was a mostly serious man, and he got older, and I do know now, you know, uh, as he got older, he was a lot more concerned about the end of life. Uh, and things going on, and I just hope he didn't mm, suffer too bad. Cause he, when he died, he just came from Harry's. <laughs> he came home from Harry's one day and uh, dropped dead, dropped dead right in the room. And that was the end of him. But God damn, I miss him. And you know, Mama tried. She did, but she she thought she could take daddy's place so you know sometimes people think that love passed from one person onto the other one by default and I'm not meaning nobody loved my mama she thought it was going to be more love that's going to be like defaulted on her we gonna, she going to get hers and daddy love and it don't work like that you know because daddy still got that love but it's not there and I think that's the thing about you know love I don't uh, you know <laughs> As I was trying singing that song, you know, I really don't know anything about love or as how it's defined. Uh, all I know is I do love. I love a lot of people, and they don't stop once you uh, uh, stop being with them people. 
I think it it would eventually stop if you stayed around and committed yourself to something that seems like it's gonna fail. Uh, so the best thing I always always give it a break, and if it was meant to happen, it's gonna happen again. Uh, but then that's just me. I don't think it. Sh <laughs> Look, you know, you can make a person miserable, and but the thing is, I think you got to be on the same team, and sometimes things happen that people fall off the team. You know, the, you know, it's not about the team no more, and I mean, it's not so much. Uh, that you can't always be team related because you don't need to be. But, you know, it seemed like there's a, another factor in there. You know, it's you know it's you, me, and then there's the team, uh, and that's good. But then there's you, me, the team, and something distance, you know, something bothersome, you know. But uh, my dad, he uh, wasn't the type of man who, dwelled on a lot of shit. He was funny about his past, you know. And the older he got, the more he talked about it. And uh, he'd been through a lot of shit, you know. Uh, oh, he'd been through a lot of shit as a, a man living in, you know, the South, you know, Louisiana, then Texas, then back in New Orleans. So, in a way, he almost lost his life. <laughs> almost lost the ability to have 11 children which wasn't right. But my mom, on the other hand, seemed to have a, a pretty much sheltered childhood. Um, and she tried to rub that off on us, but it always seemed false because it was sheltered. And there was nothing sheltered other than, you know, the input we got from her, or the shielding we got from her and my daddy as we grew up in the project. And my mom did more shielding than sheltering, you know, hiding thing or trying to when it's right there in our face and we've seen it, you know, so. But daddy was straight up, you know, just be careful out there. Don't steal. <laughs> I mean, my mama didn't believe in stealing either. Oh, hell no. <laughs> and had ever stole something once from Hillary. Uh, and they had them in the cooler locked up waiting for my mom. My pa said, I'd let him take him to the youth center, and he meant that. And that was one of the things about my daddy. I would not risk, oh, I couldn't risk, you know, losing his love, you know, because it meant that damn much to me. Um, I I was, as far as saying, I worshiped my daddy. Uh, because he uh, gave me something to worship, gave me things to look at, gave me things to do, gave me things to think about, thought. He showed me things, showed me how to cook, showed me whatever he knew, he passed it on. Um, and, you know, we we did a lot of different talking. Uh, we never got into politics other than, man, fuck all that dumb shit. <laughs> and, you know, I... <laughs> I understand now, what he mean, fuck all that. It's nothing but a game. It's nothing but a fucking game, and you know, you might be, thank you part of it, because you vote, but you know, keep on believing this shit. But he was more or less like that, one of them uh, realists who didn't pick bones, and he hated, hated, he hated an argument, you know, he wasn't, <laughs> He wasn't a, a, a good argument. 
a good fighter when it came to arguing with his uh, person he loved, and I think that's where I got that from. He was, you know, he would go in the room, look, leave me in the fuck alone, Rose, uh, and then if he had, he would leave and wouldn't come back that night, you know, and you know, so I mean, you know, usually that didn't happen often, but you know, there were times, you know, and the the worst thing I could do was witness that because God, we, me with my vertical stage, um, half the time dizzy, half the time wake when everybody was sleeping, I'm hearing things, looking out the window, seeing things, and then I got to listen to them arguing, you know, and uh, once he left, it was quiet for a few days, and I appreciated that God damn I did now. Did I appreciate him going? Nah, he coming back. I know he's coming back. You know, ain't no fucking doubt about that. Daddy come back. Daddy come back. Next thing you know, mom and daddy getting along, laughing and smiling in a couple of days. And then I didn't know he didn't hit that and she didn't like made daddy made up. But now I know. And uh, I guess, you know, it's a routine. It's a routine of love. Uh, and it's just so much hate that was not hate, seemingly hate, and the fighting, and I, 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 I panic when I hear fighting. And again, I told my parents once before when I was sitting on the porch, you know, in high school, and they in the living room arguing, fighting. You know, look, y'all need to cut that out. I hear you outside. Everybody hear you, and it stopped. And that's swear to God, the whole time I was there with him, I had never heard him argue again, and. You know, I'm sure it picked up some, but you know, no, they didn't. Uh, I just hated to see them fussing and fighting, and that's another thing. I just can't do it. But you know, my parents, you know, you know the things they did with us. You know, we went around the city. We went all doing up. Uh, we we were raised in the church, so you know, we each made our communion. And you know, the way that we was one every year, and one every year, missing an odd year. 14, 14 years, 11 children. And, uh, you know, going to St. Philip, doing the uh, catechism and shit, getting your first communion, you go around and you see your nanan, paran, and, you know, people giving you dimes, silver dimes back then. And, you know, so that's the day you got to yourself on your, uh, on your I don't know what they call it, baptism? communion, first communion day. But then, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, that's the last damn day <laughs> you had to your parents by yourself, and then that was just mama. Now, I don't want to say it like that, just mama, but it was mama. Mama did that, because mama was into the church. Uh, again, I never seen daddy going to the church. If we did anything with daddy, daddy brought us around to the cozy, sit us on that boy and had us, uh, this was we young kids. Oh, goddamn, I couldn't have been uh, Somebody had to pick me up and sit me at this bar. And one of them, I think, was uh, Aaron was small enough. He just sat on the bar. They sat him on the bar. I'm sat, barely could see over the bar. And uh, then there was Everett, Anna, Melba. I don't think Billy was there. But uh, yeah, he sat us all up there. And we all had uh, one of them little short Cokes ourselves. I don't think they were putting Coke in it then. I think they stopped that. But yeah, that's what we do. And we would see, sit there forever, and all the people come through there and talk to them, but once they start getting busy, 
sent us around the corner and um, we been picked up a lot of change by then. <laughs> People said, your boy yelled him. Give him a dollar, he ain't gonna give me no, over here. <laughs> and it wasn't, you know, that we tried to con anybody. We did, we just sat there. We mind our daddy and watched him talk to people. And I just love to see the way he talked with people, communicated with people. How he laughed, how they joked, you know, how, how they were serious. How some of them come in and want to talk about the horses, you know. And he would uh, sit there and be serious, open up his paper, his books, and then see somebody come in need a beer, and he, or somebody go up to the bar and need something. Uh, they had the women that come in there who was who were regular. What was her name? Shit, she was his best friend, one of his best friends. Oh, not Jimmy and Lorraine. That was uh, next door. That was Aunt, Aunt Uncle Burnell's sister, Lorraine. And her husband, Jimmy. Jimmy was funny, old black-haired Jimmy. We used to see him when we were young. Him and Lorraine, they were really nice. They was, oh, goddamn. I guess they were the black sheep of the family. Because Uncle Burdell was strict, straight-laced. Oh, he pretended to be, but he had them damn sandwiches. Who was that? Mrs. Drake sandwiches. He worked for them. And would always bring us sandwiches. I swear that man brought us sandwiches in the projects. When we were kids, I do remember that now. Like Freddie, uh, uh, three-way record would pass down there. We would see a white truck. Then that's Uncle Bernie, Uncle Bernie, and he'd come out there with him a a tray of fucking sandwiches. Oh yeah, and he, he was nice though. We'd go up there, visit him uptown, visit him in Antonetta. That was Mama's sister. But Lorraine and uh, Jimmy. Or James, I don't know, I think that was his name. They were uh, good people. Then we just played around. Aunt Melba stayed across the street there a while, too. And that was Mama's sister. She was a, she was a pistol. That was Daddy called Plug. Now I know what a plug is. I'm wondering what Aunt Melba sold back then. Probably the heroin. But, you know, black sheep of the family. <laughs> But Aunt Melba was nice, and she died early. She did. Uh, Bobby, I'm not sure if Bobby's still alive. She had Bobby and Pam. Bobby was my partner, because uh, they lived with us a while. But Bobby was crazy as a motherfucker. And after years of not seeing Bobby, Bobby was in Houston, I believe. And Bobby stole a fucking 18-wheeler. <laughs> but Bobby was just a cookie boy, cuckoo boy. He had pretty erratic fucking childhood. Cause they never bounced. I mean, bounced around. But Pam turned out pretty good. Then that was Uncle Bill. Uh, Daddy got along with all the mama people. They were always welcome to, in our place, and I never seen Daddy had any trouble with any of them. Uh, they was welcome. Daddy came there when he wasn't there. When he wasn't there. I had never heard of one, any of them say one bad thing about them. Not in front of us. But uh, Uncle Bill was cool and he had his uh, kids, Denise and, oh God damn, they hate me because I forgot their damn name. But on my daddy's side, it was a, uh, ain't Ida. 
Uh, she had Clarence, Connie. Connie was older. Connie, Clarence, and Cindy, and they lived down this last street. We passed them all the time, ain't they? Ain't I love you got to love ain't I don't know. And we seen her on a regular just because she stayed down desire at Desire Miro and on Desire, just the second house I think from uh that corner going towards the project. And Connie, everybody know Connie, Connie took over the house once Saint Ida died. And I think she died after Katrina. Katrina killed a lot of people seeing all that devastation. But they should have left the place, man. They had so much more shit out there. I mean, yeah, go back and fix your shit up, but, you know. But New Orleans, you know, a lot of people just, you know, never left New Orleans. I mean, they never planned on it. And I do understand that. My, uh, Lily, I mean, not Lily, you know, Joan never, ever, ever wanted to leave New Orleans and never left until the damn hurricane came. After, after it came and seen all the fucking flooding and shit, and you couldn't go back home. But then there was um, ain't I? It was good. And her husband, Uncle Clarence, uh, he worked for Seven Up for years, for years. And I can't say I ever had a Seven Up. I had some, but didn't have many. Ain't I? They had her little uh, dash house. She used to have dash house back then. And walked the street and they hung on the corner at that store. What was the name of that damn store? A little neighborhood crew was older people was sitting there, have their beer in the evening, talk shit. Could always find ain't I in there in between a certain hour, you know. And uh, we always was able to smoke weed in our house as well. Not in a house, but in the room with the kids. Uh, back then, parents, they wasn't onto that. It wasn't like, look. You know, they had heroin back there, <laughs> opioid. And you know, we, uh, they had alcohol. Uh, they didn't want us drinking alcohol. I mean, they drink. You say that shit till you get older, you figure, then you make up your mind if you really want to drink. I can't say, you know, a beer, a lot of them drink beer, and you know, you start to drinking that on a regular with people. Because I worked with some people down there after Katrina, a little crew. And man, we started sitting around every goddamn evening having beer, and I hadn't done that never in my life. And I saw how that could actually become a habit, and it did become a habit until I started stopped because I'm coming home drunk now, you know, driving drunk, and that was something I never did. And I mean, me and alcohol didn't get along good because I became even worse, nastier. A nasty man, you know, don't tell me nothing, don't tell me nothing, yeah, I've been drinking, what the fuck, you know, stupid, but, uh, my dad stopped drinking, yeah, he stopped drinking early, uh, I mean, shit, he used to come home drunk sometimes, but he was so funny drunk, come home at night, wake us all up, especially if he didn't want a bunch of money, he'd bring us some presents, some, not presents, some of that, candy, zuzus, or whatever. But, yeah, he uh, he loved his children. He loved his grandchildren. And the great-grandchildren he got to meet. I know he loved them. Anyone came behind, I know he would have done for them that the same he done. And he would have looked out for them. Uh, as my little niece and nephew was in, in Houston, 
I thought struggling. You know, he would have, he wouldn't have thought, he had a second thought about going and get them children, bringing them children, even sacrificing what he had, the little he had, to make sure that they don't get fucked over. And that's all I ever tried to do when it comes to uh, being a man. But, <laughs> you know, I uh, let some things beat me up, like Amanda. You know, I should have killed her and just kept my children. And actually, I had them children because she was the one who walked away from me. And when it took over, I was gone for three days and, you know, came there with the fucking police to get the children. And I'm like, no, she was gone. And uh, they asked her, and, you know, she always tried to play suicidal. Walking away, you know, and after they told her, no, we can't take these children from him. You look, you abandoned him. Turn around, gave them children shit. That was the last time I seen them children, maybe for a year. She got nasty. I mean, and I don't know why, why, why women do that to their husbands. You know, I mean, do not just to their husband. Do that to your child. How can you do that to your child? And you know you hurting that child, but you don't really care about that child. You care more about hurting that man. And I'm just glad. I had never had to face that with my parents. And when it happened to me, you know, whew, you don't know that shit make you kill. The loss of a child like that, somebody doing that, make you want to kill somebody. And she should be lucky. But I, um, I do owe my dad a lot. I just wish I could have been a good man and, a, you know, taking care of forcing that motherfucker to let me see my children instead of letting it be beat up being beat up by the system because she got them fucking lawyers when it pays some lawyers to fuck over me and she always blamed it on you taking care of that bitch and her children how I'm not even fucking working and it was just the fact that, you know, I was with another person. And she was just nasty. I mean, fuck, there was no reason for her to take them children from me and keep them away like that. And uh, when they turned bad, uh, or rather when the one turned bad and fucked up, did she want to call me for help, you know? And, and I, I, I just didn't never understand that. And then at the same time, I've got four or five grandchildren, four grandchildren over there by this woman, by my daughter, who will not, who, who's with my first ex and she hadn't seen them children yet. So uh, I think, you know, when she do that, I mean, that's on her. Um, I've done nothing wrong other than uh, refuse to stand up and stay around for a fucking nasty fight that I shouldn't have been fighting for. Uh, and if anybody know me, they know when that, I lost my daughter, I lost my fucking heart. And I almost didn't survive that shit, you know, really. And it took me years and years and years to get my head straight, going all through that crack, New Orleans, uh, French Quarter and everything else before I decided I just need to leave because, you know, it's, it's, it's been too long. I've been waiting to see him in night. Hadn't seen him yet. So, 
Anyways, but I just wish there were more men. Not that there aren't. I just wish there were more men like my daddy. And I wish I had been one. Later, Gator.